Amen. Well, thank you, Jim. Like he said, my name is Jacob. I'm on the student team here. Um, And let me just be another person to say, I am so glad that you are with us, whether in the room or online. Um, It's just an honor to be with us, to be together as the church this morning. Um, I think you picked a good weekend to be here because we are in the middle uh, of continuing to kick off this year-long study of this book called Quest 52. And we're going to be looking at Jesus. We're getting to know him more, not just about him, but really getting to know him more. And every week we're going to be answering questions. And our question this weekend that we are answering, and we're going to answer all week, is simply this. Can God use me for big things? That's our big question for the whole weekend. Can God use me for big things? And I got to be honest with you. Um, I, I have racked my brain. I have done research, I, I scoured the scriptures, that's the word I'm gonna use, scoured them. Um, I, I listened to sermons, I read theologians, I read books, I read commentaries and all this. And I think I have an answer, a theologically sound answer that we can all get behind and understand together. And so um, buckle your seatbelts, let's get a little, a little deep right, right off the bat this morning, okay? Um, can God use me for big things? The answer is yes. Everybody okay? All right? Like, Nobody needs a tissue because their brain's melted. I don't think so, right? Like, can God use me for big things? Yeah, like, of course he can. He's God. Matthew 19, 26, it says this, Jesus looked at them intently and he said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. Now, what he's talking about um, is a very specific issue about who can get into heaven. And he says, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But then he backs it up. He follows it up with this sentence that you're going to see that has no qualifier on it. He says, but with God, everything is possible. Do you notice that? He doesn't say, but with God, this also is possible. He says, with God, everything is possible because anything is possible with God. Luke 1, 37 says, for no word from God will ever fail, which essentially means this, um, if he said it, he will do it. Maybe your version of the Bible is gonna translate it like this in that same passage, for nothing is impossible with God. And so can God use you, use me, use us for big things? The answer is yes. Now, before you pack up and get the kids, you're like, best sermon ever, two minutes, right? Like, this guy is great. Um, we're not done yet. And maybe you have more questions throwing around your head. Some of you right now, you're starting to ask, ask this question, um, will, will he use me for big things? Is he actually gonna use me for big things? And for some of you, um, that, that question strikes fear into your heart. You're like, all right, like God, is he gonna use me for big things? And you're like, I, I didn't sign up for big things. Like 1 Thessalonians says, I'm supposed to live a quiet and simple life. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? Like I didn't sign up to go overseas and like be a missionary. I didn't sign up to preach and get on stage and talk to people. I didn't sign up to lead a small group. I didn't sign up to to lead middle school boys, right? Like that's not what I'm here to do. I want to live a small, quiet life. No big things for me. Thank you, God. That, That scares you. Some of you, you're like, I've been praying for God to change the world through me for years and I'm like, what is, is he, is he asleep? Like what's going on here, right? Like, can God use me for big things? Yeah, so use me, like, let's go right here. I'm ready to go, ready to go do it. And maybe you're starting to wonder, is it, is it me? I mean, God can use me for big things. Why won't he do it? Why won't he just go and do it? And it's no secret, um, we want our lives to matter. Right, like we, we, we crave significance. It's a part of who we are because we were created in the image of God. We want to leave a mark in some way, shape or form. Um, it could be with your job. You, you want your job to matter. You want what you do in your work to matter. It could be with your family. You really want to be a great dad or a great mom or a great son or daughter or sister, brother, whatever it is. You might wanna be 
great at um, athletics in some way, some way, shape, or form. You want to be an incredible sports player. You want to be a great, I don't know, video games player. You want to be um, a great singer. I have no idea, but you want your life to matter on some level. You want your life to matter. And, and the question that we just kind of need to ask here that cuts through all of that, does any of that matter? When it comes to following Jesus, should our priority be on mattering? Should our focus be on doing big, great, awesome things or should it be something different? When it comes to the kingdom of God, should our focus, should what we are after every single day just be on the big things, saying I'm gonna do something big today or, or should it be something much more simple? See, we live in a world, and let's be really specific, we live in a country um, where we hear bigger is better, right? There's a reason you walk into McDonald's and a number one is a Big Mac and not a small Mac. I don't want a small Mac, right? Like, give me a Big Mac. That's what I want. We, 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 we want more. More is better in our lives. We, we like louder. Maybe you don't, but I like louder. Like, louder is better. I want better headphones. I want to be louder. More, bigger, more is, is, is better in our lives. But let me just say this explicitly for everyone to hear. Um, our main focus when it comes to following Jesus should not be on just doing big things. Our main focus when it comes to following Jesus shouldn't be on just doing big things. Now, before you take me to the parking lot and burn me at the stake, all right? Like, if you're doing great things, no pun intended, that's great for the kingdom of God. I'm happy about that. If you're doing big things, that is big. I am happy that you're doing that for the kingdom of God. But is that the foundational call on our lives? Is that what God really is calling us to do, to simply just go and do big things? Or is the foundational, the, the, the most simple, biggest call in our life to do something completely different? And I, I think it is. And honestly, I think uh, the question arises where you're like, okay, if I'm not supposed to, to chase after great things or big things, then what, what is the greatest, biggest thing that I can do with my life? What is the greatest thing I can do? And here's the answer. I think the greatest thing you can do with your life is to be faithful to whatever God has called you to do. The greatest thing you can do ever is be faithful to what God has called you to do. No matter how big or how small you view that call on your life, if he's called you to do it, that's the greatest thing that you could ever do. Luke 16, 10, it says, if you're faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the big ones. But if you are dishonest, if you're unfaithful in the little things, you won't be honest with the greater responsibilities. And I love this verse. Let me just pause really quickly there. Um, it doesn't say this. If you're faithful in the little things, then eventually, eventually, if you do enough little things, God's going to give you big things. It doesn't say that. It says if you are faithful in little things, then if you do get a big thing, you will be faithful in that as well. The, the, the focus in that verse, I hope you hear this, isn't on the small or the big things. The focus is the faithfulness. Do you see the difference? It's not just about doing little things, enough little things, so eventually you get to do a big thing. It's about being faithful no matter the size of the call on your life. Because church, you're gonna get annoyed how much I say this phrase. The greatest thing you can ever do, ever do, is be faithful to what God has called you to do. Some of you are like, Jacob, no, no, no. Like, you don't know me. 
Like, I'm a business owner, all right? Like, I'm a father of three. Like, I'm happy. Like, I am a great, I'm, I'm doing great things. Like, Jacob, you don't know, I have, like, I'm level 500 on PlayStation. Like, I am, like, great at something else. Like, Jacob, you don't, you don't understand. All that, I'm telling you right now, the greatest thing you could ever do is be faithful to what God has called you to do next. We see an incredible example of this in Luke 1, chapter 26 through 38. In fact, I want to invite you to open your Bible. Um, I think there's power in opening the Bible as a church together. So whether it's a physical Bible or it's, it's your own personal digital Bible, um, I'm going to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 right now. And I'm going to trust you <clears throat> on your, your digital Bible that you're not going to flip over to ESPN app every, every few minutes, all right? Well, I know the playoffs aren't on anymore, but like, I'm going to trust you. But I think there is power when we open up the Bible together. And so let's look at that at priority this year. Um, but here, here's how Luke, tw- Luke 1, verse 26 starts. I read from the NLT. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Let's look at this for just a second. Gabriel shows up to Mary and and what he does is he just lays out the call that God has for her next. I want you to notice that. He doesn't say like, Mary, this is it. This is the big one, right? Like, here we go. He just says, hey, um, this is what God wants you to do now. This is the call on your life next. And um, it's to get pregnant and to give birth to a child. Now, I had the absolute honor and privilege um, last year to, to be in the delivery room when my wife gave birth. And let me tell you, it's a memorable experience. It is incredible. But I don't think at any time I was like, this is so much fun. <laughs> like, like we're just having so much fun in here right now. I don't think Danielle, my wife, for our anniversary next month is going to come up to me and be like, Jacob, you know, um, can you just will you call Clark Memorial and see if they have a reservation for two and just see if we can give birth again? That was so fun. I, I don't think that's gonna happen. If it is, I'm gonna be like, are you okay? Like, well, is everything okay? Um, and maybe you had fun giving birth, I don't know, but it was not the best and most incredible, I mean, it was an amazing experience, but it was not the most fun experience. And for Mary, like, um, she, this is first century pregnancy. She doesn't get to opt for the epidural if things get tough. In fact, she's gonna go to a cave and give birth. There's gonna be donkeys looking at her. At least in our hospital room, we had Hallmark movies going. Like, she has a donkey staring at her in the face while she's giving birth. This is going to be painful. It's going to be tough. It's going to be weird, right? Like it's not going to be the most glamorous thing. And in fact, it's not just going to be physically painful. It's going to be socially and culturally painful. Mary is betrothed. It's a little past engaged, but it's before being married. And if she is found to be pregnant during this time, that's not good news. At the very least, she's going to be looked at with disgust and disdain. At the very most, she's going to be killed. And God says, this is the call on your life. Physical pain, social and cultural pain, relation pain. I mean, it's just going to be a lot of pain that you're going to have to go through. This is the call on your life. And I think this is really important. Uh, Mary from her eyes, this is not going to be glamorous. It's not going to be fun. Um, she might not even say that it's going to be great, the call in her life. But church, it's, 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 
not about what we think. You need to hear this, just because God calls you to do something that isn't great or big in the world's eyes and their standards or in your eyes and in your standards doesn't mean that it's not great and huge in his eyes. Because that's what matters. It, it, is, it isn't the size of the call on your life that determines its greatness. It's the one who called you to do it. It's not the size of the call. It's not the magnitude of the call in your life. It's the one who called you to do it. When the great I am, when the author and the creator of the universe has called you specifically, the same one who spoke and the universe was created just from his words, when he speaks and calls you to do something, I don't care what that is, not about how big or how small it is, it matters. Not because of how big or small what he said is, but because he said it. Do you believe that? that no matter what it is, no matter how big or small it is, it matters. From Mary's perspective, um, she, she's not going to be great and famous. Do you even notice when Gabriel comes down, he doesn't say like, Mary, um, you're gonna give birth to a child and people are gonna remember you and they're gonna be like, Mary's an awesome mom. Doesn't say that. He says, in fact, he says, you're gonna give birth to a child and he will be great. And I think the moms in the room are like, I get it. Like everyone forgets about mom, right? Like you totally understand that right now. You're gonna give birth to a child and he's gonna be great. People aren't gonna even as much think about you. And even Mary knows this. In Luke 1, 48, a little bit further, she says, people are gonna remember me, but look what she says for, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. She doesn't say from now on, all generations are gonna call me big mama. But no, that's, that's not what she says. She says, she doesn't say from now on, all generations are gonna call me awesome. She says, they're gonna call me blessed. Why? For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. For just a second, let me just talk to the followers of Jesus in this room. If you're not a follower of Jesus, take a break. It, um, she cares more about what God is doing through her what God is about to do through her and with her, then she cares about herself. Do you? Follows the Jesus in the room. Do, do you have that same mindset? Do you care more about what God is going to do through you and how God's going to use his power and do something amazing? He can do something amazing. Even with something small, he can make it big because that is what faithfulness does. Do you care more about that or do you care more about your name being remembered? And gut reaction, you might be like, Jacob, God, right? Like, I want, I want God's name to remember. Do your words reflect that in how you speak every day? Do your actions reflect that in how you live every day? That it's more important what God is doing through you than what you get to do. All right, non-Jesus followers, you're back in. Pay attention. Um, our interaction goes on in Luke 1, and this is what it says in verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And then verse 37 a verse you already heard once today, pops back up. For no word from God will ever fail. Another version might say, for nothing is impossible with God. You need to understand when Mary heard that phrase, she would have known immediately. If God has said it, he will do it. 
If God has said it, he will do it. And we could spend a while. We could, we could pause and we could spend a while talking about the, the theological like enormities within that text. We could talk about uh, there's just the, the difference in the immaculate conception, how God made Mary pregnant compared to how other religions talk about people getting pregnant. We could talk about um, all the prophecies that were fulfilled in this one scripture about how now all of a sudden a virgin is going to give birth. Like we could talk about all the theological stuff, but for the power today for us, it is not about all of that. It's about how Mary responds to the call on God's life, no matter how how big or small we think it is. Because Mary's response in verse 38 is something that we need to take to heart. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then Mary, the angel left her. You see, for Mary, she understood, she gets it, that the greatest thing she could ever do was be faithful to what God had asked her to do. No matter how big or how small that ask was. I think it's so interesting often that God picked Mary. Like, I don't, I don't think it went like this. I don't think God came down and was just like, all right, which woman has the best birthing hips? I don't think that happened, right? Like, like who did I make again? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that happened. I don't, I, it doesn't say that she has any special talents or abilities. It doesn't say she looked a certain way. It doesn't say she did this or acted this way. It doesn't say she does any of this. In fact, um, she isn't in the royal bloodline of David. That's Joseph. And so it's not like she has some, some like special blood inside of her. Just, but at the same time, Gabriel comes down and he says, hey, you are highly favored. You are blessed and God is with you. And it makes me think, okay, why? Why Mary of all people? And I think, I really do think it's because she lived a life that knew the greatest thing she could ever do was be faithful to God. Even when Gabriel's laying this out on her life, she never says like, oh, I don't know. She's troubled at first. She questions it. She asks one question. She says, okay, how does this happen? But then at the end, she just simply says, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And it's her faithfulness to God. It's her commitment to be faithful to God no matter what the ask on her life is that I think matters and made the difference. She knew that the greatest thing she could ever do was be faithful to God. I, I want us to know that too. And I don't just want us to know it. I don't just want us to hear it and be like, man, that sounds really cool. I'm going to tweet that later. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that. I want us to believe it and to, to make it a part of who we are. Church, I don't want us to be a church that just says, I'm, we're after the next big thing. We're a church that goes after the big things. I mean, that could be cool, but man, what I think is going to be far more powerful and far more transformative, not for only ourselves, but for our communities, is if we're a church that says, I'm going to be faithful. When I'm in the lobby, I'm going to be faithful. When I'm at Meyer, I'm going to be faithful. After church, when I rush over to PV, I'm going to be faithful, no matter how big or how small what I need to be faithful is. Um, for a long time, I prayed for God to change the world through me. I still do. I said, God, here I am. Like, send me. Change the world through me. I'm ready to go. And it was so cool for so many years. Like just things were happening. That I was like, man, like I'm, I'm, 
I'm changing the world out here, right? Like I like got to work here and be a part of what we're doing on this mission. And I went from an intern to all of a sudden I got to be part of a ministry team. I got to eventually lead a ministry team and I got to like have different opportunities to speak and got to lead worship. I got to lead camps. And I just felt like every, every month I was like, man, I'm doing big things for God. I am doing awesome big things for God. And I felt pretty good about myself. I'm like, pat myself on the back. And then one day, a few years ago, um, I walked into the store to do some shopping called H&M. I know you're shocked I shop at H&M. Just look at me, all right? You're like, you really? Like, I had no idea. And so I'm shopping at H&M and I pick out a few things and I go up to the cashier and I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to check out and I kind of look at the cashier and the only way I'm gonna say this, and I, there's a lot of different ways you can think about this, but the, the cashier um, just doesn't look like someone who wants me um, to talk about Jesus to them, all right? That's the only way I'm gonna say this. And so I'm like, oh man, like I'm praying, like God, please don't let this person ask me what I do. <laughs> like, I don't wanna have that conversation. So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, Clear as day, Holy Spirit talks to me. Like I can just hear it in my, in my head. I can feel it in my chest. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to ask this person to go to church. And I'm like, this person? <laughs> like, like is, it, is it over, where, where is this, where is said person at? And I'm like, I think like wrong number, right? Like this is, this is not the person that you want me to talk to right now. And so I kind of just brush it off. Another time, and he, like, we're just, he's still checking stuff out for me. Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to ask this person to come to church. And I'm just like, mm, busy, <laughs> like, can't, like, can't do this right now. I'm like, I don't, I don't think you've got the right person. I really don't wanna do this. Another time, three times, Holy Spirit pushes on me. It says, Jacob, you, you need, this person needs to know what you know. This person needs Jesus just as much as anybody else. Are you gonna ask this person to come to church? And let me, let me tell you how I wish the story ended. I wish the story ended by me saying, I asked that person to church and they came, they got baptized. And now that person was Nate Ross. All right, like, I wish, like, <laughs> I wish I could tell you that. I walked out of the store. I didn't say anything. Um, and I think about that a lot. I was doing big things for God, right? Lead a ministry, baptizing people, leading camps, speaking on stage, big things for God. I wasn't faithful in the moment. I asked God so many times, change the world through me, but when I had the chance to change someone's world, when the Holy Spirit clear as day said, hey, all those other things you're doing, that's great. Um, here's what I want you to do. Here's the call on your life in this moment to do this. I cared more about chasing the big thing than I did about being faithful to God. And in my pursuit of doing great things, I missed the greatest thing I could ever do. And that's why this talk just means so much to me. This topic means so much to me because I, I want you to understand the same way that now I understand because I've felt it in defeat how the greatest thing I could ever do, no matter how big or how small, is to be faithful to what God has called me to do. Can I just ask, where do you need to be faithful to what God's asking you to do? Some of you in here, you've been wishy-washy for a while, right? You're like, I really wanna follow Jesus, but man, the world's pretty fun, but I really wanna follow Jesus, but I'm having a lot of fun over here. I mean, you just, it's time, come on. 
you feel it. You know who I'm talking to right now. You can feel it in your seat. It's time to make the commitment. It's time to make the decision to step out in faithfulness and say, I am all in for Jesus. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to make the commitment. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to follow Jesus in my life. I'm going to do it. And some of you are like, that's a big step, Jacob. Some of you, what you need to do is just simply fix a relationship in your life that you maybe has been broken. You've been keeping it a secret and you're, you, you don't want to fix the relationship, but my gosh, do you feel it when you think about that person? You're mad and you don't want to forgive them, but you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I, I need to do it. You can feel it right now. You can picture the person's face in your head. Some of you have a relationship that's so toxic in your life and, and God has called you so many times. He's like, hey, what are you doing? This person tears you down. Like this is not good for you and you just need to let it go. Some of you, um, you need to quit something, a job, a habit. Some of you need to start Something, some of you need to have a conversation with someone. You might feel it right now in your seat. You can feel the push in your chest. You can feel the sweat start to come across your face because you know what God is asking you to do. It could not even be on the list, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit is talking, is being faithful, is asking, are you going to do this? The same way I felt it in that H&M, you can feel it. The greatest thing you can ever do is to be faithful to what God has asked you to do. A really great example, maybe you're like, Jacob, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, can you help me? Um, as a church, we're doing something really cool this year. Um, you might've seen it when you walked in or maybe you've not been to our lobby in years. You're like, oh, that's cool. Um, there, there's this big light bulb wall out there. It says multiply. And we have these little light bulbs. Um, and all, we have markers out there. And what we're just asking is our church just to write a few names on there. You can put one, two, three, a few names. And you're gonna put your name on there and then you're gonna go plug into the wall. And we're asking you to go and be the light to that person this year. To share who Jesus is, to go talk about what Jesus has done for you. We just want you to be the light to them. And you might think, okay, that's small, all right? That, that's a small call in my life. But let me tell you right now, when you act in faith and you put the name on there, but then you go and talk to the name, the face that's attached to that name, my gosh, that matters. And that faithfulness is incredible. It's an easy way to start. In as we go into communion to end and end some worship time, maybe you just need to spend some time praying as we start communion. And just start to ask God, okay, God, what is it I'm supposed to do? What, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to be faithful in the next place, in the next place, in the next place? Um, some of you, if you already know, you can spend time in communion praying for bravery. <laughs> praying for boldness and for opportunities this week to do the things that God has asked you to do, to, to have open opportunities to go do it, to be faithful. But one thing I want all of us to do during communion is to spend a little time remembering how faithful God is to us. See, it says Jesus um, was faithful. It says he was obedient in Philippians 2, even obedient to death on a cross. And this little bit of juice and this little um, piece of bread, it marks one of the biggest moments, the biggest moment in human history when Jesus died on the cross. And I think even in that moment when he is being faithful, obedient to death, even death on a cross, he is showing an example of how the greatest thing we could ever do is be faithful to what God has called us I want you to not just hear that. I want you to believe it. 
And I want you to live it. I'm gonna pray. You guys can take communion and then we'll sing together. Lord, we love you. And God, you are massive. God, you are a, 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 just a big God, a, a God so big that we can't even um, measure. You are immeasurable to our minds. We cannot understand, we cannot fathom the greatness that is you. But Lord, help us not to seek after the greatness and, 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 and the bigness and how we follow you. But God, help us just to be faithful. Lord, give us eyes that seek faithfulness and not just big things. So that no matter what we face in the day, God, our, our goal in our life, our, our priority, our focus is faithfulness to you. It doesn't matter how big or how small the call is, God. If you called us to it, it's important. It's great. Lord, I'm thankful that we get to come together to church. I pray um, that the Holy Spirit moves in this moment, in this week, to tell us what we need to do. God, the call in our life is so individual. You have called us to be faithful, but in different ways, Lord. So make it clear. Make it clear. If someone's never heard the Holy Spirit before, never felt it before, God, um, let them know when they feel something this week that it's the Holy Spirit moving. Let them have that light bulb turn on moment where like, okay, I know I'm supposed to do. God, we, I ask for bravery and boldness for the people who know what they're supposed to do. I mean, God, they're just, a little, they're, they're just a little hesitant to do it. God, give them opportunity and then give them boldness to follow in your faithfulness. And Lord, thank you for being faithful to us. We love you in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You guys can take communion.